Amen, and praise God, and I do sincerely hope and pray you've had a blessed week, blessed weekend, you're having a blessed Sunday. We are so glad you are here learning, growing, worshiping with us this morning. Looks like we have a full house, so awesome. I'd like to also welcome anybody joining us, watching us online. We're glad you're joining us as well. Put something in the chat today so we can see you. Uh, if you need prayer needs or, or anything you want to put in there, our online, facil- our online campus pastors or facilitators are there for all of your prayer needs. Amen. So you have picked a great day to be in the house of God. We're kicking off a brand new, somebody say brand new, series this morning. And we're going to be on it for the next three, maybe four weeks titled Winning the War Within. Winning the War Within. Who is interested in winning in your life, right? How's all my uh, Alabama fans this morning? It's a little rough. Last night. Amen? Let me spiritualize this. As Christians, as the church, every single day we are in spiritual warfare whether we choose to be or not. Right? When you wake up, there is a scheme of the enemy against your life to kill, steal, and destroy anything good that God wants to do. Right? And so we have to wake up, be on purpose. Last week we talked about a message about arising, right, with purpose uh, and with the vision of God. And so we have to be uh, on purpose, but also be aware of what's really going on, because there is a spiritual war going on. And much of the success of the external spiritual warfare that I want the church to win in, external things I'm talking about, outside the walls of church, begin and start with the wars that we're daily winning in here. If you are getting beat up every single day or failing every single day in here, then the kingdom of God out here externally suffers. Y'all see that? And so our spirit and our flesh are in a daily battle every single day. What God wants you to do, nine times out of ten, is going to directly come against the, the comforts of your flesh. Come on, somebody. Right? But see, that battlefield where the flesh and the spirit collide is what we're going to talk about. Y'all know where that battlefield is? It's in here. It's in your mind. And for us to win, for us to get victory in our lives, we have to conquer this. And so that's what we're going to talk about for these next Three or four weeks, I'm I'm super excited. It's really going to be a powerful message. And before we get started, I want to show you a book, share a book with you. should be on the screen there for you. And it's just a a little plug for a book. It's much of what we're going to talk about, not everything, but some of the ideas and some of the the thoughts and some of the points will come, will draw from this book. And as a pastor, as a Christian, I've always believed in the, in the, uh, the power of Accepting science. Do you all know science actually proves the word of God? Science, I believe the deeper you look, the deeper you try to disprove God through science, God just says, see, 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 I am the Alpha, the Omega. And so this book is a great little book. It's called titled Switch on Your Brain. And if you, it's just another resource I would love to, to, to challenge you, inspire you to get to read so to help you grow apart from Sunday morning. And so she's a doctor. It's Dr. Caroline Leaf. And she just does a great job of using science and her doctorate degree of of studying the brain brain, 
and what it means for us. She's a Christian. Uh, and just really diving in deep to the, the truths and the power of the Word of God and how we can retrain our brains uh, uh, to, 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 for God to use us and for us to, to feel better. Hey, man, does anybody want to feel better? Uh, to have peace and not be stressed out and all of these things. And it's just a great resource for you if you're interested in, in picking up that book or, or looking into it. It's there for you. Amen. So let's, let's dive in this morning. Anybody ready? Tell your neighbor, say, hey, I'm ready. All right, let's do this thing. First scripture I want to give you, this foundational scripture, comes out of Galatians. Just want to lay some groundwork for us. Okay, Galatians 5, 16 through 17, it says, I say then walk, walk by the Spirit, in the Spirit, and you shall, be, and you shall not, excuse me, fulfill the lust of the flesh, for the flesh lusts against, if you're following along, underline that, highlight that against. He's saying the flesh lusts against the spirit. We're at war within. And the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the opposite, right, of one another. So that you do not do the things that you wish, right? As I shared at the top of this, our flesh and our spirit are in contradiction to each other. God, through the spirit of God, wants you to live in victory here on earth and be invited into heaven one day. Your flesh wants to keep you bound in your comforts, uh, blazing a paved trail, comfy trail, right to the gates of hell. <laughs> right? And so your flesh and the Spirit of God are always colliding against each other. It's the Spirit of God that wants to move us to a place of faith. Right? And here's the important thing I want you to get as we kick this off. If it's our flesh and our spirit that collide against each other, and the battlefield's in our minds, that's where we're deceived. Because the kingdom of God is upside down and backwards. And when God calls you into something, it goes against the logical thinking of, of your flesh. It goes against the logical thinking and the reasoning that you have in your innate ability. In your natural ability. Right? And that's how we're deceived. And, and, and many people, many Christians, many good people, they are walking in deception based on their own thoughts, their own ways, their own critical thinking. And y'all, we need to be critical thinkers. That, that, that's half the problem that's wrong with our world. Nobody can critically think anymore. But God give us critical thinking for a reason. He wants us to ask questions, find answers in the Word of God. He gives us that ability to critically think. But we can't use that as a crutch because when we do, then we will, we will resist that move of God in my life. Does that make sense? Right? So look at that first point. So it says, your flesh and the spirit war with one another and the battlefield is your mind. That's where our flesh and our spirit collide is in here in our minds. You are a spirit. I don't know if you've ever heard this or, or, or thought of it like this or been taught this. But did you know that you're a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body? You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. In Scripture, it uses the words mind and heart to describe your soul. Whenever you read in the Bible, in any Scripture, in Proverbs or in the New Testament, the Old Testament, if you see the word heart, if you see the word mind, it's really talking about that, that deep invisible thing that we all know is there, 
that we can't see, that thing that Jesus came to redeem, which is your soul. You know, God sees souls because that's the thing that's going to that's gonna live past your life. You know, this body is going to die one day. It's going to wear out. The Bible says I'm going to get a new heavenly body because I believe the glory of God's going to be so amazing. This body can't contain it. Come on, somebody. I'm going to need a new glorious body, right? But so what I want you to see is that, that you are a spirit, you have a soul, and that soul, we got it quotation marks there, is, is made up of a couple things. It's made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. Those things have the ability to drive us, right, to move us. And that's that thing that God wants us to, the Bible says, not be conformed by the ways of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's the thing that has to be retrained. That's the thing that has to begin to, to submit to, 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 to God's wills and thoughts and ways to be renewed. And when, when I'm transformed, now God can use me in all new sorts of crazy ways, amazing, powerful ways, right? And so I had this thought as I was studying the other day, isn't it so amazing if we, if, if we have three things, if we're, if we're made up of three things, and we're made in the image and likeness of God, right? Who is also made up of three things. Ain't that cool? God the, God the, and the, man, y'all are so smart. And God's telling us that we're made of three. How awesome. It shows the glory of God. I have a soul that needs to be redeemed. It's going to have an eternal destination, heaven or hell. That's the thing that's going to live beyond me. God wants to use the spirit of God, my spirit, my personality, who he's made Ian to be, and the spirit of God to, to lead and redeem that area of my life as I have my earthly, fleshly body here on earth until he calls me home. How amazing, how awesome. God's three, and he makes us into three. And the cool thing is, Jesus, he wants to unify all three parts. Look at that next scripture. 1 Thessalonians 5.23, it says, Now many, or excuse me, now may the God of peace make you holy in every way. May the God of peace make you holy, redeemed, right? Undefiled, righteous in every way. May your whole, what? And may your, and your, your what? Your soul, your spirit, and your body, there it is in Scripture. Be kept blameless until the Lord of our Jesus Christ comes again. Christ, he finished the work on the cross. You've experienced some victories in your life because of what Jesus did on that cross. Right? You've moved from, you've moved mountains. God's done some amazing things in your life, and he's not done. And so what I want you to get is, see, Christ wants to redeem Every area of my life, and the three main parts is my spirit, my soul, and my body, and he wants all three to be united, blameless, healthy, uh, growing, full of love, full of peace, full of these things. And he, he can, and he wants to do that for us, but much of that is I have to change my thinking. How often have you had that thought, God doesn't love me? That still small thought that you don't share anymore. God can't forgive me. 
as you have those thoughts over and over and over and over again, you begin to what? Believe those thoughts. And if you begin to believe those thoughts, guess what happens? The enemy wins because if you believe that, your actions are represented in what you thought, what you think, and what you believe. Right? And so Christ, he's come in to a lot of our lives and changed our whole life. And we begin to see and believe that God does love me and he can use me and he does forgive me. And it makes me thankful and it moves me to a place of where I want to not just allow God to, to, to love me where I'm at, but to use me and to help others see and experience that same truth, right? So look at that next scripture. It's Romans 8, 5 through 6. And so it says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think, there's that word I want you to get, think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature, your flesh, control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Who wants some life? Who wants some peace? Jesus, give me both in Jesus' name. In abundance in Jesus' name. I want life and I want peace in my life on a daily basis. But here's the thing I want to challenge you with as we're talking about the battlefield of our mind and winning the war within. What if that breakthrough that you want to happen in your life, you say, Pastor Ian, if I could just get past this, this thing that keeps rising up in my life, if I could get just past this thing, then I could be, I could have peace, I could, I could have joy, I could, I could have happiness, and I could, God could, could begin to use me, right? What if we're so focused on that, that thing, that external thing, and it continues to, to rise up and kill and steal and destroy. What if the answer to the breakthrough of that thing begins and starts with your thoughts? Have you turned that thing into a big thing? You've made it bigger than it, than it actually is. You've turned it into this, this inconquerable thing. You know, the Bible says that God makes the impossible Possible. I don't believe the word impossible is even in God's vocabulary. So if it's not in his vocabulary, why is it in mine? I believe in somebody better. I believe in somebody bigger. I believe in the, the way, the truth, and the life. The first and the last. Now that doesn't mean I'm not going to experience hardships and trials and tests. Y'all, life's hard. It's hard doing the right thing over and over and over again. What Jesus tell, tell the people, he said to go the extra mile. That's hard. Going out of your way to do the right thing. Back in the day, the Roman soldiers, if they stopped, the law was. If they seen a Jewish person, they could have that Jewish person, by law, carry all of their equipment, all their, their stuff for one mile. And they had markers on all the roads. So they knew when they got to that mile, they, would, they got to that mile and they dropped it, right? Jesus said, don't just do that one mile, do two. That's how you change your mind. That goes against my flesh, come on somebody. That goes against my comforts, come on somebody. 
God says, I want you to do above and beyond because my sons, are you glad Jesus went the extra mile for you? Mm. Y'all better be glad God didn't send any Westbrook to die for your sins. He went more than an extra mile. He went through eternity back. He gave up his kingship. He gave up his throne in heaven to come and die. First live and then die for your salvation. Amen? And we have to train, retrain our thoughts, retrain our minds to think this way so that the kingdom of God can win. Amen? That last sentence in that last verse I gave you, it says, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Life and peace, it says. How do I get life? How do I get peace? It says, by letting the Spirit lead. By letting the Spirit lead my mind, my thoughts. And if I can change my thoughts and change my mind, then I can probably change my direction. I can change my life. Right? Look at that next point. And if I change my direction and my life, we can begin to experience those things and victory. And it dwindles down to our relationships and our families and our workplace and our churches. Right? And this is how important your thoughts are, right? Because whoever wins that battle in your mind in your daily life wins, the, wins that war. Right? So you're either rich or poor, healthy, unhealthy, joyful, depressed, relationally fulfilled or dysfunctional, victorious or defeated, spiritual or carnal, all, somebody say all, based on your thoughts. If you think no one loves you, then you'll act a certain way where nobody will want to love you. If you think and feel like you're depressed, it'll continue to get worse. Now, I'm not saying to ignore the, the indicators that maybe you are in distress. Maybe you are depressed. Maybe you are going through some tough things. Don't ignore those things. Seek counsel. Seek somebody you can trust. First, seek God. Seek His Word. How's your prayer life look? Are you interacting in a relationship with God on a daily basis? If you're not, you're not going to get better. The only answer is Jesus. I'm sorry. And if you can't accept that, then you're going to stay stuck. Because Jesus is the way, the truth, and life. You can try all the worldly things. You can try all the get, get rich, get, get better at books. You can do all those things. And you might feel better for a day, for a week, for a month, for a year. But sooner or later, you're going you're gonna to crash and burn. So don't ignore those things. But what has to happen is I have to retrain my thoughts. See, if you don't see yourself as a child of God, that's where you have to start. I'm a child of God because of what, what God did through Jesus. And because I'm a child of God, because, because my father's a king, that means I'm a prince. And I have favor. And I'm blessed. Coming and going. Right? You have to begin to train your mind to think this way. Stop, stop uh, categorizing your life and stereotyping your life to, to other groups of people. Because that's what the world wants you to do, right? Compare your life to, to this person. Well, they're, they're doing this, so you're, you're not as good. Or you're doing this, so they're not as good as you. Give yourself a pat on the back. The only standard is Jesus Christ. How does my life compare to his life every single day? Because that's the only thing I'm going to answer to. I don't know about you. Right? 
And that's when I begin to train my mind and train my thoughts to thinking that way. What happens? When I do fail, it doesn't matter because Christ has, has risen. When I do fail, it's okay because the Bible says that the righteous fall seven times, but they get up. And so failing is, is, is not optional. Failing, failing is definite. It's going to happen. And if you don't have faith, your success is going to be hinged in that moment if you believe in God or not. Because if you don't, you might just stay there. And you might just give up. Right? And so what types of thoughts are dominating your daily life? Because how you think, whatever they are, are the ones winning the battle in your daily life. Those dominating thoughts, are they godly thoughts? Or are they... Worldly thoughts. Are they lies from the enemy? Jesus said of the devil, if he is speaking, he is lying. There is no truth in him. So if he's flapping his gums, and I say gums because we shatter the teeth of the wicked. I don't believe the devil has any teeth. If he's flapping his gums, he's lying about you, about your kids, about your life and who you are in the eyes of God. To what? To keep you stuck. To keep you depressed. Right? You've heard me say that we can have what we say, right? Has anybody ever heard me say that? You can have what you say. I believe that. But I want to take it back a moment. Maybe I've been lying. Maybe, maybe the, the truth is what we really have begins with what I think. And then if I think that God said, then I can have what I say. Right? Because before you begin to speak, First comes the thought. Your words is what give life to your thoughts. And so we have to start with our thoughts. The Bible says in Proverbs that as a man thinketh, so is he. Slash woman. <laughs> okay? As a man, as a woman thinketh, so he or she is. So if you believe that you are the righteousness of God, I'm not saying we're perfect, right? I'm not saying that in a prideful way. That's where the world gets the church wrong. Oh, they just believe they're holy rollers. They can't do nothing wrong, right? No, it's the exact opposite. We know that I'm a sinner saved by grace. I'm not perfect, but it makes me more thankful when I see what God did for me because of my imperfection. Come on, somebody. Right? That's how we bridge the gap, right, with our lives. See, but that has to start with a thought. If, if you don't think that on a daily basis, if you don't speak that on a daily basis, then you won't believe that, and your life won't project what you, what you believe. Right? Look at 3 John, or, uh, yeah, 3 John uh, chapter 1, verse 2. It says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. Prosper in all things, John says, and be in health just as your soul prospers. As I was just speaking... Who's experienced the goodness of Christ in your life? Anybody? 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 Good, good, right? If you've experienced that, your soul is what prospered, right? The salvation, what, what prospered was your soul in that moment. See, your circumstances didn't change. The problem was still the problem. The issue was still the issue. The person was still the person. That event was still the event. But what happened is God moved into your spirit, into your soul. And in that moment, you were sealed for salvation, right? That's good news. And so John's saying, if, you're, if your soul prospered, let the rest of your body prosper. Let the rest of your faith prosper. Right? Don't just stop there. 
Change your thinking, change your habits, change your ways, change your direction of your life, change your family, change generations based on what happened to your soul. Come on, somebody. Right? That's good news. Because if my soul prospers, God doesn't want to stop there. He wants it to touch every crack, crevice, corner of your mind, of your body, of your soul, of your spirit. For good, somebody say good, good things. Oh, I wish I had a picture of like one of my rest days. Maybe I could find it one of these days. I bet that picture that would be on that screen looks nothing like the Ian that stands before you. And see, even if I showed it to you, it probably really wouldn't register. Because you just see the picture and then you see me now. You didn't see, see, you didn't see the journey that Ian had to take. You didn't see the 10 years of test trials to get to where I am now. You just say, oh, he was that way and he is this way now. And I know a lot of you are on that same journey. Stay on that journey. It's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. See, and if Ian had, had got stuck in this place of comparing my life to, to other people in a men's home or, or other people in the church, or if I wasn't focused on what God wanted to do for me where I was in that moment, in that place, in that time, I would have missed it. I would have lost it. But praise God by His grace. By His grace is the only reason I'm still standing. And if I'm not careful, if I don't do my daily quiet time, if I don't stay in relationship with God, I can fall just like anybody else. Y'all pray for your pastors. Right? Pray for your pastors. I'm not some special person more special than you. God, God's just used I surrendered and submitted to the call. Right? And I can lose it just as anybody else. And I really believe it when I began to change my thinking and my thoughts. And the way God sees me is how I've gotten to where I am today. Amen? And not did he just change Ian. I have... Little Xander, year and a half old, we got an unborn baby on the way. We're going to talk about this here in a moment. I'm getting excited about how we can change and pass on victories. My kids' lives are going to be different because of what Christ did for me. Right? Look at Mark 7, 15 through 23. This is a, an amazing passage of Scripture, really a challenging Scripture. But it's Jesus... And he's talking about the redemption and the things that actually defile us. And it may not be what you think. If you've, if you've read this, you, you'll know it. But maybe you've, you've not heard it or read it. And it, it's, talking, it's, a, it's really a flipping of what we think. Because we think what defiles us is the things that are inside of us, right? And Jesus actually says, we're about to read it, what defiles us is what actually comes out of us. That's upside down and backwards. Right? So look at uh, verse 15. It says, it's not what goes into your body that defiles you. You are defiled by what comes from your heart. Interesting thought. Those are Jesus' words, not mine. Okay. If anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. Then Jesus went into a house to get away from the crowd, and his disciples pressed him. They asked him what he meant by that parable that he had just used. He says, don't you understand either, he asked. Can't you see that the food you put into your body cannot defile you? See, the Jewish culture, they were big on what they allowed inside of them, right? 
There was holy foods and unholy foods. They didn't eat pork. And so Jesus is saying, it's deeper than just food. I'm just using that as an example. He's saying, well, you can, I'm going to come and redeem everything. You can eat whatever you want. And he goes on, he says, see, food doesn't go into your heart. I love this. Food doesn't go into your heart, but only passes through the stomach and then goes into the sewer. What a thought. Food doesn't go into your heart, it just ends up in the toilet, right? That's what Jesus says. I love Jesus. Anybody love Jesus? Super smart guy. Son of God, right? And then he added, it is what comes from inside you that defiles you. From within, talking about winning the war within, right? Out of a person's heart come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All of these vile things come from within. And they are what defile you. And so it's the things that come out from us that actually, according to Jesus, defile us. I want to stop there for a second because it's still important what you allow in here. Do you know that? You can't be watching certain things. You can't be listening to certain things. I'm not saying, and Jesus ain't saying that, so I just want to backtrack for a second. You can't just begin to watch Things on Netflix, you can't begin to watch pornography. You can't begin to ingest alcohol and drugs and just say, you know, I just, I'm not defiled because of what comes out of me, right? Y'all know Jesus. That's not what Jesus is saying, right? And so, but if it's the things that come out of us that defile us, before it can come out, it has to be in here, Right? And so that's why it's important what you do allow into your spirit self. Things you hear, things you listen, things you watch. Because that's where it starts. It, it starts in here. And it starts with my mind and my thoughts. And here's the thing. If my thoughts are impure, then my actions will probably be impure. Right? If it starts in here and my thoughts are wicked and my thoughts are evil, then my actions will probably be evil and wicked and defiled. And based on what I do, Jesus says, defiles me. And I believe that because faith has to start here, but it really comes alive based on how I live. The things that I do, the things that I say. Right? So look at that next point. And this here is really some of the, the meat of what that book talks about. And so this is going to be a challenging statement for you. And so think of it like this. I never really thought of it like this. Your mind is not your brain. Your mind is eternal. And your brain is temporal. Your brain is the control center for your body. And your mind is the control center for your brain. Your brain, get, think of it like this, is flesh. But your mind is eternal. Your mind is that invisible thing. Your brain is the, the, the physical, visible thing. Does that make sense? Am I losing you? Are you all with me? you all tracking with me? Okay, so your brain's physical. You need your brain, right? It's the control center. 
but you can control your brain, the physical part, with the spiritual part. Come on, somebody. That spiritual part, that spiritual element, that spiritual key to your breakthrough is your mind. That's what needs to be retrained. The spiritual invisible part. And then your brain answers to your mind. All of us are answering to our brain. The habits, the things that feel good, the lustful things, the, the things that I see and I want and to experience, that's just my brain being stigmatized, right, or stimulated. And if you're not walking by the Spirit and you're walking by the flesh, that battle is over every single time. You just check out. You don't even see it as a battle, right? Because your, your mind craves those things. It wants to satisfy your flesh. Your flesh will send you to hell. The Spirit of God will send you to heaven. Right? And so it's our minds that transform our lives and our brains. If my brain needs to be transformed, I can't think of it as my brain. I need to think of that, my mind, who God made Ian. Because my body can submit to my thoughts. And I can allow the things that I think about to either control me or I can say yes to God and no to the devil, right? No to the devil and yes to God. So look at that next point. So if our brains are ruled by our mind, your thoughts, your choices and feelings, they create neurological pathways. Now I'm going to get all scientific on you, okay? But it's, I, want, I want you to show you that they've actually proven this through science, the word of God. Right? Neurological pathways in your brain that create your habits and your health. So they've studied this out. People who are addicted to things, uh, it, it's not that first really exposure. It's the habitual thinking. And, and what happens is your mind, it creates shortcuts. It creates pathways uh, for the, the thought to be expressed. It's your dominant thoughts that create, it's like a highway in your brain. It's the quickest, shortest way for it to fire and become uh, ultimately an action, right? And the more dominant the thought, the more entrenched that pathway becomes, right? The more, the more entrenched that pathway becomes, it's, it's your go-to, it's your, it's your quick response. People don't like me. You think that, you begin to think that, you thought it for five years, 10 years, 15 years, 25 years. Now you believe it, and whenever you have a, a new experience, a new relationship, you go out somewhere, and you just immediately, your mind reverts to that thought, nobody likes me. Not only do you suffer, the kingdom of God suffers, your relationships suffer. It's a lie from the enemy, but it's become an entrenched pathway, literally in your brain, because you've allowed your mind to release and surrender control of that thought. Do you see that? I'm just using that one little example. You can, you can uh, you put your life in, that, in, in the middle of that statement. What, what dominant thoughts are you having? Good thoughts that can be... Hopefully you have some good ones. But do you have more overbearing bad thoughts all the time? Because you're gonna, you're, the only way you're going to get better is by retraining your thought. And so it's that dominant thought, those consistent thoughts. Right? Here's the thing. Our consistent thoughts become consistent behaviors. If I consistently think this, if I consistently feel this, then I will consistently behave this way. What would happen if the church consistently believed that Jesus Christ is king? 
What if the church consistently believed that God loves you? And that God said, you know what, to love your neighbor as yourself? And so if I feel love, that God truly loves me, then I'll begin to respect and honor and love other people? What would happen if I began to, to, to believe that and think that? And, and the neurological pathways in my brain began to entrench themselves in the love of God? Come on, somebody. Uh, in the forgiveness of God and the peace of God? The world would change. Your life would change. All for his good, right? Kingdom God of, uh, the kingdom of God wins. And it all starts here, right in here, in your mind. Not in your brain, in your mind. Your brain must submit to your mind. Look at Proverbs 4.23. It says, guard your heart. I said at the top of this, whenever you see that word heart or mind in, in Scripture, it's talking about your soul, that invisible thing that Christ came to redeem. To guard your soul or heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. The way that you're going is either probably because of something good that I hope God is doing for you. A lot of us are going the wrong ways in all different areas of life because somebody hurt me, a traumatic thing happened to me, I believed the lie, I believe the thought, I've had the thoughts repeatedly, consistently, dominating my life, and I'm going the wrong way. God's calling you, he's beckoning you back onto the straight and narrow path, he says. The straight and narrow path. Word of God says that the, the way to, way to uh, ruin destruction is wide, and many will find it. But the way to salvation is straight and narrow, and few find it. I want to be one of the few, but with you. LCHP, right? Look at Proverbs 23, 7. I've already said this, right? For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. As you think about yourself on a daily basis, and I know we probably honestly all think about ourselves way, somebody say way, way too much. Every battle I'm in is about me. Everything that I'm going through is about me. And everything is about me. Right? And get out of whack and get out of balance quick. I've kind of taken a rabbit trail. But I do have to think about myself in a good way. I do have to... Re Take a look at myself. Take a look at my life on a daily basis. And say, where am I really? What do I really think about myself, God? How do you see me, God? Make that your prayer. God, how do you see me? I bet he'll answer that prayer. He'll show you how much he loves you and cares about you. I, I, I promise you he will. If you, if you take the time, you shut the phone off, shut the TV off, get still, get quiet, get into an intimate place with him and just say, pray, God, how do you see me? I bet you'll begin to cry and weep. And you'll see how he sees you. That he accepts you. He loves you. He forgives you. So stop letting your thoughts rule you. You must rule them. We must vet, thoroughly vet our thoughts on a daily basis. When's the last time you interrogated your thoughts? You ever been just doing something and you had some crazy, wicked thought come in your head? Or is that just your pastor? Just checking to see if y'all are with me. Do you know what? The thought that is the, not the thought that makes you sin. It's not the thought that makes you evil. So you've got to interrogate those thoughts when they come. You say, that thought is not from you, God. That's what I do. 
when I'm driving in my car or daydreaming or walking through Walmart or something crazy, a flashback that I have. That thought is not from you, God. You know, you have the authority and power to take captive of every thought and make it obedient to Christ and his kingship. But if you don't do it, nothing will happen. That, that pathway will stay entrenched in sin. It will stay entrenched in darkness. It will stay entrenched in wickedness. And so in that moment, you're not putting up a spiritual fight. Come on, somebody. If the thought is not of God, I send it, bind it and send it back to hell, God. Send me your thoughts. Send me your ways. And when that thought comes, you can stay stuck in that, that, that fantasy, that, 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 that daydream, that, 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 that thought itself. And you can feel shame and guilt even though you didn't do anything yet. The longer you sit on it, think on it, it will begin to sprout life. You're continuing to feed evil thoughts instead of feeding your spirit. What you feed will live. You can feed your spirit or you can feed your flesh. Our thoughts are the same. And how we renew it is we've got to continually feed it, what? The word of God. This is your key. This is the thing that will satisfy your soul. You can't find it anywhere else. Only this, by this, Right? Begin to interrogate your thoughts with your mind instead of just letting them come and go. I bet you'll begin to see some victory in your life. Look at that next point. Now, uh, really, y'all stay with me. I don't want to lose you on this. Who's been through an encounter? Look at all those hands. If you don't got your hand raised, you're missing it. If you encounter folks, will recognize this. I'm going to have to backtrack for some of us that have not been. So your thoughts can change the shape of your brain. They can actually physiologically change the makeup of your brain, okay? Your thoughts. Excuse me. And they can determine how your DNA is expressed. This is the thing I want you to get. And this is actually called epigenetic modification. Y'all say that with me. Epigenetic modification. Yeah, we sound really smart this morning or this afternoon, right? So they've actually studied this out. People who are addicted to things, maybe it's smoking, maybe it's drugs, maybe it's alcohol, maybe it's pornography. These things, if you do them long enough over time, your neurological pathways uh, are entrenched. They pave shortcuts to your brain. And then you can actually genetically pass on. We already pass on sin. You know that, right? But we can actually make it worse for our kids' kids and, and kids and kids. It's actually passed on genetically. The cool thing is they've studied somebody who comes out of addiction, somebody who, who gets victory in Christ, somebody who retrains their mind and begins to live a, a, a good, clean, pure life. You can actually change the physiological makeup of your mind and your brain, and then you can actually pass that on. Come on, somebody. So I've said this before. I've actually, me and Jessica, Pastor Jessica, she's been through some stuff too. I know she's not up here as much. Uh, you hear about my story a lot coming from addiction, but she's been through some things too. The amazing thing is she has passed on some victories to our son and our unborn baby. And I have passed on some victories. Now, he's still going to have to choose. He's still going to have to fight. But I believe his fight's not going to be near as hard as it was for me. And I come from a family of addiction. I don't, I don't share this. I don't think I've shared this, but just a couple times that encounter, I think. But my, my parents, my mom and dad, actually met in AA. 
And I had a neighbor uh, friend. His parents told him that. And when I was like maybe 10 or 11, we were playing. He said, he started making fun of me one day. I was like, what? He's like, man, you're going to grow up to be an alcoholic just like your parents. I was like, what? He said, yeah, my mom told me that your mom and dad met in AA. I want to talk about words. I was so mad. I said, I'm never, somebody say never, going to turn out like them. Never say never. That one word, that one thing spoken over me might have became a seed. And it was generational. That was passed down to me. Now, I still chose. I didn't have to succumb to that, but I did. Why? Because we weren't a Christian family. They weren't living for Jesus. I wasn't living for Jesus. I was just going the way the world goes, right? And that's pretty easy to do. It's just a, it's a current. The way of the world is a current. And it just sucks you in, man. And it's so easy. If you're living for Jesus and you're just watching TV and the news, you just get sucked in, man. I was sucked in. It almost killed me. Oh, but praise Jesus. I used a place called Team Challenge to save my life, redeem my life. I never looked back. Amen. It's generational. You can pass on. Your biggest hurts. I'm so glad I don't have to pass that, that biggest hurt to my son. You see, when you, when you come on the other side of it and it's redeemed and you bring it in out of the darkness into the light, it's redeemed. Come on, somebody. And so it's not even something I'm ever going to have to hide from Xander. I'm, I'm going to stand in boldness and truth. And son, you don't have to do that because your dad did the hard part for you. Right? So we can pass that on instead of all the garbage and the junk. Right? Look at that next point. So in order to win the battle within, we have to renew our minds. I feel like I've hit that nail pretty firm, pretty hard today. If you train your mind, then your brain will have to follow suit. We have to strategically change the way that we think every single day. The best way to transform our minds, the Lord showed me, is simply I have to agree with God. The best way to transform your mind is I have to agree with God. And the first point of that is I found out that I'm not Him. (laughs) That's step one. When you realize that you're not Him, it gets a whole lot easier. Right? When I agree with God, I'm not God. And I see God for who he is. And I see the grace of God on my life. It'll begin to change my life. And you'll begin to desire. He'll change the desires of your heart, the desires of your soul. You'll begin to want to look like him, talk like him, act like him. He'll want to, you'll want to change your thoughts, your words, and your ways. I used to cuss like a sailor. Man, when I got born again, cussing was like one of the first things that just went away. It's so crazy to think about. I remember like, like the, the day I got saved and uh, got born again, and then like, it really wasn't that rest of that night. It was the tail end of the day at nighttime. But the next morning, like I was going through a thing, and I was talking with some friends at the at, at Teen Challenge, and I was about ready to like say that it was about to come out, and it was like, whoa, 
like this check. Like if I believe this, I've got to change the way I talk, right? And that was one of the first things that God redeemed was my tongue. I don't know, you'll never hear me cuss. Right? Because God, he transformed that. Right? And so I want his thoughts, I want his words, I want his ways. Look at Isaiah 55, 8 through 9. When I agree with God, I see him for who he is, this scripture becomes real, right? God, this is God. He says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. His ways, his thoughts, his words are superior. His thoughts, his ways are better. I want these thoughts, these words, these ways in my life. Anybody else? If he says that they're better, if he says that they're higher, I, I desire to want those things. Do you know you can ask for them too? You got to begin and start interrogating your thoughts. Because if you don't interrogate them, you just settle for the junk and the crap and the, the trash and the disgusting things. But if you begin to say, whoa, that ain't from God. That's a lie. That's not real. That's not true. God, I want your higher ways. God, I want your higher thoughts. I better begin to start giving them to you. You have not because you ask not. Maybe you have not because you thinketh not. And if you could just ask and think, he began to bless you and change your thoughts and change your ways, right? The last scripture I want to give you, and I'm going to close. Romans 12, 2. Y'all probably thought I was going to start here today, didn't you? All we're talking about transforming our minds, right? I put it at the end. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God form you into a new person by changing the way you what? There it is. My transformation, my breakthrough, all starts with my thinking. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. The only way we can win the war within is we have to let him transform us by the way we think. Before we can get victory on the outside, God has to transform your inside. It's okay to have dreams and, 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 and good ideas and God ideas and a vision for your life. But if you focus on all the external things and you ignore the inside, it'll all be defiled. It'll all be built in sin. It'll all be built in deception and manipulation. But if you allow God to transform your inside, your external works will be blessed. Your external works will be transformed for his glory. And then they'll stand the test of time. They'll stand the test of eternity, your good works in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want you to join me in prayer this morning. And so I hope the Lord met with you today. I hope the Lord spoke to you today through me, hopefully in Jesus' name. But if you're here, you're either watching us online or you're here in our sanctuary, and you say, Pastor Amen, I heard what you said today. And you know what? I, as I sit here, as I listen to you, as I watch you, the Lord just, he checked my heart. My heart's not right. The Lord showed me that my heart is not right. If that's you, I want to tell you, you can get right. I talked a lot about changing the way you think today. 
thing God wants you to do right now in this moment is to forget the religion, all the things you've heard about God, all the experiences you've had. And if you right now feel like your heart's not right, why would you leave here the same? God wants you to take captive of this moment and the experience to accept him and believe him and to begin to follow him with your life and with your heart and with your mind today. So if you're sitting here, if, if you have made that decision before and you feel like your heart's right with God, I want you to right now pray sternly for the lost. Right now. Pray for somebody whose heart's not right. And on the flip side of that coin, if you are that person that feels like your heart is not right, right now I want you to do something for me. We're not watching you, not looking at you. We are praying for you. The kingdom of God is praying for you. The thing I want you to do is I want you just to simply stand up right now. By faith, do something externally by what God is doing internally. By faith, stand up and say, hey, I don't care what's going on. I want to be right with God. I want to accept his son Jesus. I want to be born again today. I want to believe in him. And I want my life to change and transform today. If that's you, I want to make, give you a few more seconds. If you're watching online, put that in the chat. Say, I'm doing that. Say, I'm making that decision. Or I'm standing up. I want to accept Christ today. I'll give you a few more seconds if you want to do that. A few more seconds. What I want to do is I want to lead us in a prayer. No one is physically standing here in our sanctuary, but somebody could be making that choice online. I can't see them. So I want to lead us in a prayer. I want you all to repeat after me, okay? So Heavenly Father, God, we love you. We believe in you. We accept you. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. Be Lord over my soul. Be Lord over my spirit. And be Lord over my mind. Help me, God, every single day the rest of the days of my life follow you in Jesus name Amen Amen So good So awesome Well is anyone glad you came to church today? Yeah? Well hey, we're so glad you came too Hey, we really, we really mean that, we love you We thank you for coming Y'all are dismissed, okay? Y'all come back and see us next week. Bring a friend. Bring a family member next week. We love you.